Let me tell y'all some real shit. Some of these men, I said some, I ain't said all oh, nah. Some of these men, going from woman to woman, they can't, you, they can't keep no woman. They, they want to be a hoe. They want to fuck every damn body. They, they, this woman, this night, this woman that night. You wanna know why they doing it? I'm gonna tell you why. They doing it because they fighting their sexuality. They really wanna be with a damn man. They going from woman to woman because they trying to convince their own motherfucking self that they ain't gay. When you find a man that's hypersexual, nine times out of ten, it's cause his ass is either bisexual or gay. And a lot of times they be using the women as a cover up because they don't want to be known that they ass like men. I'm just finna keep it 100% real. And I don't care who get mad. How the fuck can't that woman satisfy you? How in the hell can't one woman satisfy you? You done had this pussy. You done had that pussy. You done been all over town. Baby, you you been you known all over town. And you ain't find nobody to satisfy you yet. You wanna know why? Cause you ain't gonna find nobody to satisfy you. Cause that woman ain't what the fuck your ass want, nigga. Welcome back to the podcast. Beloved, this is indeed your brother, Big VJ, checking in. Today's conversation, we're going to talk about sex. Sex and some more sex, right? You know, sex drives, sexuality, um, the power and purpose of a father. We're going to talk about it all, right? So, uh, nah, this ain't for the babies. Yeah, you know I mean, this is not for the babies. We're going to kick a little something to the nieces and to the nephews in the village, right? Because a queen puts something on the table, right? Queen said, when you see hypersexual men that go from female to female to female to female to woman to woman to woman, that generally means that they got a secret. You know what I'm saying? And they got uh, <laughs> the queen say, you know, <laughs> the queen say this is an identifier of men that are closet homosexuals. Right. So, yeah, we're going to have a, a good conversation about that. Right. And um, no, we don't agree with the queen's perspective. You know what I'm saying? We're not saying <laughs> we're not saying that uh, her observation is not fitting for her right that is her observation that is her pov we can respect it but you know we're gonna have a conversation on this podcast because see beloved even me myself was a hypersexual man and i'm gonna tell the family why and how many of us become this way and it is not beloved because we got bubba in our heart right it's not uh <laughs> say hey look the queen was really saying she's like shit these niggas cellmate be they soulmate for real. <laughs> That's why this nigga love going to jail so much. I ain't gonna lie. It may be some truth to that. You know what I'm saying? It's some truth to that. But when you see many of us that were hypersexual, that, that wasn't the case, right? So we're, uh, we're, we're talking about that. Before we uh, get into detail, detail, Let's get a little foundation first, right? Let's talk about sex drive. What is a sex drive? Where you get your sex drive from? Right? Because this may be a good conversation to help out a lot of the brothers that are like they are. And 
it may also explain to the sisters why we are like we are, right? Because the queen said, and uh, and these brothers' heart, they want that bussy. You know what I'm saying? They really, <laughs> they, go, they want that Greek love. You know what I'm saying? And this is how they acted out by jumping from woman to woman to woman. And uh, we did that in our neighborhood. And, and Queen, I can assure you, we didn't have no bussy in our heart. <laughs> Bubba wasn't in our heart. <laughs> we was doing this. We were so wild and mentally dead that we used to play a game on the block called King Diggling. Right? And King Diggling is when you and your partners, y'all kind of bet on uh, who can fuck the most shorties in a month. And then we every month it's a new King Diggling. We just we used to play this game literally. This is what the this is we this is the block. So we gotta go back to the foundation of sex drive. Where you get your sex drive from? What does that term sex drive even mean? When somebody say, Man, I got a high sex drive. I got a low sex drive. What does that really mean? I'm gonna let you in on the secret, beloved. You get your sex drive. As young men from your father. Your father. Gives you your sex drive. Right. That's why it's called sex. Sex drive. Pardon me. Because when you drive something. It's like. That's like you're managing something. You're the pilot. Right. You operate something. You steer something. So you being a man. With a male principle. Somebody. Your father. Have to teach you. How do you manage and operate your male principle your dick they had to teach you what to do with that because if you don't know or nobody put a border on you you'll run around and you'll drop dick all through the neighborhood all through the city and this is what the queen is talking about but that's the father's responsibility to give you your sex drive but again if you live in the hood and 72% of the households are single parent then how are you taught that if father, if father's not in the home, how you being taught that? Because that's kind of like that was my early beginnings. You did. Uh, I grew up in a single parent household. Mom is dead. I only have a summer dad. You did. I don't got no four time dad. I got a summer dad. So, mom is like, she's churchy. She's a church going woman. You did. And the thing about church going mothers and parents is that they're very loving. They talk about a lot, but they don't have the best reputation in talking to their children about sex. They don't. Because coming from a religious perspective, they just, they say stay away from premarital sex and they kind of leave it there. They don't really go no further than that. They leave it there. But there's other factors that's surrounding young men in which they get involved with. They become a certain kind of way. And I was one of them. Like I was the hypersexual guy. I was the hypersexual guy with the hypersexual clique. Me and all my partners were the same way. We was none of us was no different than the other. We was the same way. So, if the father again is not there to give you your sex drive, you just you run borderless through the time. Let's go back even before sex. Let's talk about something else when you was a child. Let's talk about when we were children growing up in the neighborhood. Because I'm going to show you how the whole process really works. Right? Because I don't want it to be a little fuzzy when I say, well, your father get like, how your father supposed to get your sex drive? <laughs> I'm going to explain it to you like this, right? 
you know, for men, sex is just enjoyment. It's just pleasure, right? So when we're children, uh, let's take sex off the table. We have a natural enjoyment drive. We have a natural drive of pleasure. We want to do things that we love doing. This is natural to us, right? So when we come up as an adolescent, we have a lot of things on the table, right? We got going over our friend's house. We love that. Uh, going over our cousin's crib, you know, going to the teen parties, the teen clubs. We want to play outside all night. We want to play basketball all night. We want to play video games all night. But that's just part of our enjoyment drive. It's our guardians, though, that put a border over our drive. Right. It's our, our guardians, our parents that say, hey, man, you can't <laughs> shit, you can't stay out all night when them streetlights come on. I don't care what's bubbling up in your soul. How I don't care if you on a hot street and you playing basketball and you on fire out there. And you can't miss a shot. When that goddamn streetlight come on, you better cut that feeling off. Whatever you got and you bring your ass in this house because they're putting a border, a boundary, a uh, a partition, if you will, over your enjoyment drive. That's all they really doing. That's what the come on my streetlights. That's what that shit really mean. Hey, man, you go to the house party. You better be in this motherfucker by 10 o'clock. I don't care how hard the music is. You jumping, you bouncing. <laughs> you having a good time. You better cut that good time short at, at a quarter to 10 and be home by 10. Because so that's just parents putting a board over your drive. Well, guess what? Mama can't do that to a man with his dick. Mama can't teach you that. She ain't got no dick. Because see, sex for you as a young man is pleasurable too. It's enjoyment. So who going to tell you how to put the board on that thing but your pops say, no, man, you don't use your dick like that, bro. You don't you don't slang seed all over the city. You don't drop rod all. That ain't what you do with that. Because, beloved, it was my pops that turned me into, hey, man, you don't do that with that. What is you doing? He gave me he gave me a look. He had to stare down look like, I got was the biggest idiot on the planet, and it just shit that changed me overnight. Yo, dig this, right? Um, let me give you some background on myself. <laughs> you know, let let your uncle VJ get a little personal, right? I'm, I'm gonna give you some background on myself. I often say I am not from Detroit. I am Detroit. I am not from the West Side, beloved. When you see me, I am the West Side. Even at my age now, right? A man of a certain age, that explains why I still wear gaiters. You know, I still wear Cartier glasses. I still got brush waves. I still, I got a level of materialism I'm still holding on to. I still got jewelry and chains and shit like that, even to this day. Because this is, I'm a West Sider. This is what we do. When I was 12 years old, what was I, 11 to 12? I want to say this is my introduction into pornography, right? I had to be about 12. There was a sister, uh, man, I'll never get this sister, beloved. Her name was Ebony Eyes. Oh, man, let me tell you something. I think I was in love. I think that was my first love, Ebony, right? A porn star. Ebony Eyes. I just was addicted to watching this queen. She was chocolate, you know what I'm saying? She was beautiful. And I, I believe, really, like, this is how I fell in love with dark-skinned women, through the through pornography. Now, I'm going to show you how the hypersexual young man is created. Porn does something very unique with young men. It, it, it takes 
a level of innocence away from us, right? Well, we don't have, we, it's nothing playing in our mind anymore. We can see it. We can visually see it on the tool, on the television, on the idiot box. Because the act of sex is tapping into the genetic survival, our lower self, right? It's tapping into a certain vibration within us. When you don't have anybody to properly teach you how that goes, you just start to imitate what you see on these tapes. So I'm 12 when I first start watching porn. I was 14 when I first started getting my dick sucked. I got the shorties in the neighborhood sucking dick because I know I got two uncles from the bricks that's kind of grooming me into being a womanizer. I'm watching porn, so I have a description of what sex is supposed to look like. This is the real mentally dead. So now I'm out here at 14, and I know how to get other shorties to suck this dick. Because this is what it is. I'm fucking it. I'm kicking it at 14. So much so that by the time I was 15, beloved, this is when I was in my first threesome. Not my last threesome in my life. I got involved with my first threesome when I was 15. I'm in the bed with two shorties from the block. This is VJ. Now, this is mentally dead at a whole new level. When you see young men engaging in the in the threesomes and just create, this is mentally dead at another level. But you don't know this now. You don't got no value. You don't know you the resource. You don't know shit. Your pops never your pops never gave you your value. You don't really know. All right. Right around 15, I was like, I had to be a freshman in high school. I had to be a freshman. Okay. So as a freshman in high school, we're talking about growing up in the 80s, 80s and 90s. We had jobs. So to paint a picture of my background, at 15, I had a job at my uncle's bakery. I worked two or three days a week. I was a neighborhood, right? I'm the West Side neighborhood barber. At 14 and 15, I'm cutting everybody here. So I knew everybody. And then I got like a real loving household I'm coming from because my mom is real. I'm, a, I'm from a churchy background. I got a big family. I'm from a churchy background. So when you see hypersexual dudes, it's not like they just some niggas that they just thrown away. Nobody loved them. They just run it. No, 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 no. We are real people. It's just we fall into a set of circumstances that's built into these cities because the way, in my estimate, that the city of Detroit is built, it's real promiscuous. Like, I mean, shit, I was going at the very same age of 15. I was going to the strip clubs when I was 15. This ain't some shit I did later. I was, you know. When I was 15, I was going to All-Stars. It was a club uh, called All-Stars on Hubble and 8 Mile. I'm going to the strip club at 15. And then you graduate from that kind of strip club to you start going to the gentleman clubs off the lodge. Right? This is where you are introduced into lockdowns. Lockdowns is when, is when strippers sell pussy after 2 o'clock in the morning. You dig what I mean? It's like, it's like three-tier strippers. You know, the top tier is like the main stage dancer. They ain't selling no pussy. It's not. They on the flyer. They are the main attraction. They the baddie, baddie, baddie. So no, they ain't. You can come in there and you can throw some money on it, but that's as far that shit is going to go. Then you got the second level stripper where they're the, they like the side stage dancers. Where they dance on the side, but they ain't selling no pussy either. So they're trying to graduate to the main stage, but they going to walk out of there with a bag and this. But then you got other dancers that they're not doing this well. They're not doing so. It doesn't work that way for them. Right? These are like three level, four level tier shorties that they didn't make no bread. They not a main stage dancer. They not a side stage. So they have to just trick at the end of the night. So you go into these spots in the lodge, off the lodge, right? It's an area in Detroit. We call it off the lodge. 
you you can go you can come out the club but you can't go in the club past like one o'clock 1 30 because they lock the doors we call it a lockup and everybody just tricking the motherfucker these are the environments we're coming from so you know when you see a a, a hypersexual guy that don't mean he got some bussy he got <laughs> he got bussy in his heart he's coming from a place where he had nine times out of ten now he have no father to teach him his value now i'm gonna show you how life switched for me right i'm gonna show you how life switched for me i often joke about my story it's like i said man you know my story is kind of similar to um what's that boys in the hood it's a it's an old movie by john singleton called boys in the hood and it was a uh it was a character called uh trey on there in which he lived with his mom first and then later in life as a teenager, he he moved with his pops that's kind of like how my story went it's and you know when you go from one single parent household to another when you stay with your pops that's like a that shit is real different because mom is one way you know you can kind of get by with a lot of shit <laughs> little mom you know because mom just love you but you can't really get by with you can't you know you can't get by with a lot with pops it's it's different and then you know my pops was the uh he's like the get money guy in the family you know we all got this one guy in the family this uncle this older brother this you know he got all the money well that was my pops that's his name ace ace got all he's the get money guy my my family from the projects my father's side is and he just he was the guy that got out the project because he had all the money he had a click he had a crew and they were somebody's and he had he he's the money guy so because he's the money guy everybody kind of um they looked up to him now i'm a son so when he talks though his parenting style is like it's almost like a business kind of like vibe he gives he talks in business and money everything he put in perspective is a business and money kind of situation right it's like uh <laughs> you know what I'm saying you know my mom was like religious my pops was like it was like a never-ending business seminar kind of thing <laughs> it's funny because he talked to his grandsons the same way he got like this business never ending business seminar kind of like parenting technique that he uses this is the only technique he got this, like this is his how his brain works okay when i'm staying with pops now i'm gonna show you how many of us as men get our sex drive i'm still going out I'm still going out with a bunch of shorties. I'm still, I'm still VJ. I'm still me. I'm going out one night though, and I, I never forget this shit. My pops and my uncles they sitting in the front. They watching a, uh, they watching to get some kind of game. I don't know if it's basketball or football. I can't remember. But I'm leaving. I'm finna go. Shorty called me up, so I'm finna jump in the car. I'm thinking I'm that dude. You know, I'm a young man. I got a, uh, I got an old school. I'm driving the '78 colors cocaine white with flakes on it you know what i'm saying i got the, the things on it i'm i think i'm him you know what i'm saying i'm him right so <laughs> i'm leaving out and my old man stops me he says son where you finna go i said y'all finna go to the movies just that the third he's like with a new girl i said yeah yeah different chick i'm like yeah so my uncles are sitting there now they the one that raised me to be this way they kind of groomed me to be this kind of like womanizer kind of like kind of like guy but they're not saying nothing so he says well son don't you know that when you're fucking 
she's coming like you're coming. He said, you know that, right? And I kind of, I was puzzled. I kind of just stood there for a minute. I didn't know what to say. You know what I mean? So I, I walk out the, so I just, I didn't say anything. I walk out of the house, I get in the car. I go over to the young lady house. I stay for like 15 minutes. I'm like, nah, we're not going to go to the movies. This and third. Blase, blase, something come up. I just come back home. I come back to the crib. And uh, I'm walking back. You know, I got to get to my room. Got to cut through the living room. And he got a smirk on. I see my pop sitting. He got the big chair. He got a smirk on his face. You know what I'm saying? What he was saying to me when I sat in that car, <laughs> I felt like the biggest idiot on the planet. I felt like I'm this West Side and I know this, all this kind of street shit. But I didn't know about being a man. And I felt like an idiot when he said that when you're sleeping with her, son, she's coming like you're coming. Meaning you're the idiot dummy. She's playing you. Because you're dealing with multiple women, right? I want I want young men to hear this. I want young men especially to hear this clearly. You're dealing with multiple women, but you're the resource, right? You got the the physical you are beloved the physical resource you're the financial resource you're the emotional resource if you're dealing with multiple women that means they're pulling this resource from you dummy yeah you going over there to drop some dick off okay but she nothing like you nothing so y'all break even on that then you finna take her to go get something to eat then you finna take her to a movie then these broads call you son you got a little money on you so you go and put you they're using you don't you see they're using you, dummy? <laughs> You're not coming up. <laughs> You're not winning, nigga. You're not winning in this in this business equation. You're not winning. They're winning. But nobody was there to teach you your value over how to manage your dick. Your male principle. Nobody never taught you. That's why I'm here. I'm your father. I'm teaching you. You don't do that with that. Now I have to turn around and look at his life. He never got married. Because he's like the business hood guy. But he had one girlfriend for, for 30 years. He's going to let one person with him with all this money. One person is going to pull off his resources. His physical resources, his finances, his his intellectual knowledge that he got. His emotionalism, he's going to be that air. But only one person is going to be able to pull from him at a time. He's not going to let a bunch of, he's not. That's how I learned that. See, when you see young because this is to the queen that made the video and to other queens when you see men doing that their fathers never gave them their value they don't know the streets gave them their value and the streets say how many women you got how much money you got and your materialism it makes you nobody is giving them their sex drive now you know again a father can't give you your sexuality you're born with your sexuality he can't you know what i'm saying what you like your passions you know what you deem as being pleasurable you as a person you have your own sexuality you dig what i'm saying what you your your you go through life and your experience determine collectively what you consider to be pleasurable and what is an enjoyment to you sexually but if you are a man the drive he can control because beloved i do the same thing to my sons hey yo I, you're the resource i'm not finna let five or six bras call over here just pull up no it don't work like that no uh -uh. we even do that just one i'm gonna tell you how uh i'm gonna switch gears and say this 
don't you know when my old man told me that don't you know and less than i want to say when he told me that on my way out the door i want to say under maybe three and a half years from that that conversation that statement he gave to me let's i want to say no later than four years i was married now i had to build on that principle but i was married in less than four years than when he told me that because i didn't see myself as a resource i'm just kicking it and then i will never forget he tells me he said he says to me he said uh because we talked about it kind of later you know what i mean I, we didn't say that that night but later he said he said son you know i kind of watch you he said you don't even call anybody you don't even call these females he said they call you he said i watch you you sit at you sit around all day the fucking phone rings all day for you because this generation we coming from we had real phones we didn't have cell phones we had the phone the house phone the cordless phone that you know what i mean he's like the phone ring all day it's a different girl and you, you pick up the phone you run out the door you finna drop some dick yeah but some money gonna get passed on some information some knowledge getting passed on too they're pulling from you so i'm like yeah i had to get a wife i couldn't let them pull from me no more <laughs> nah i'm not with that shit <laughs> nah i'm not with that nah beloved i'm not with that <laughs> nope 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 but what changed right i gave you my life story what changed what changed from the guy that could have a one night stand from a shorty at the club to a man he won't do that no more what changed what changed from a guy that was having threesomes since he was you know i'm from a city you got to turn threesomes down i'm from detroit this is a promiscuous here it, it ain't like you had to say no. You had to say, no, nah, I'm cool. I'm, man, I don't really feel like it tonight. I'm chill, baby. I don't really feel, I'm tired. You had to say no where I'm from. You ain't trying to work to get you. But what changed from a man that he was he would do that to you could even you couldn't even pay me to do that shit. No, nah, you got nah, I'm cool. You couldn't pay me to put my dick in a shorty and a stranger that I just met at the bar and she got and she fine and I'm like, you couldn't it it it, it never happened. I'm the resource. I'm not. I'm the resource. You couldn't. That is the most mentally dead shit you can do. But we in we from the neighborhood. This is normal. You know. You know. It makes it even uh, even more damaging. The more mentally dead you are, the more they praise you. Because what made it worse is they used to praise me for that. My uncles used to brag on me, man. Look at nephew. Nephew, man, you see nephew? Nephew had a cold one. Damn, you see? And I used to get a kick out. That was part of my reward. Hey, man, nephew had a motherfucker over here so bad. God damn, nephew. I, I seen you, boy. Then they take one man <laughs> to cover your pops. To come like, man, that shit ain't it. <laughs> man, that shit did. <laughs> Peace and black power to your family. Man, we're going to leave it there. <laughs> Hey man, I be shutting that shit down on my son. I'm like, nah, man, anybody for the use, y'all. That shit is not, it's no way. <laughs> it's no way. <laughs> it's no way I'm gonna let you use my nephew. Nah, ain't no three choice for to call him and do shit. Nah, uh-uh. No, no, no. We are um we are rising above the level of being mentally dead. We used to, beloved, we used to brag on pulling doubles. Listen now, 
listen we used to call it pulling a double when you sleep with two females in a day it's a man to pull a double this is when you're mentally dead um when we used to go to the club right the saying in the phrase that i used to use was hey man it don't take all day to rob no fucking bank because you're going to the bank to get the money right if you go on to the club to pull a bitch, you shouldn't be in there no motherfucking two, three hours. Nigga, how much you like to listen to the music that much, nigga? How much music and drinking and smoking you got to do? I would never stay into a club no longer than an hour. Maybe an hour, hour and a half. Man, I'm out of here. I ain't got no business being this motherfucker for no. That was our mentality, though. Me and my partners fall in the motherfucker. We, it shouldn't take you. And then we looking for street meat. Meaning females that wasn't even qualified to take back to the house. You had to fuck them in the car or something. She, you know, she may be a dancer or something like that. You tricking, you just, you are mentally dead on a whole nother level. And then what we do is we pass on this mentality to those that come behind us. The art of running a train on the female, we pass this science down to the young, to the young cats in the neighborhood. Hey Amen. And we clown them if they do something different. Man, what the fuck you in the club for to it closed, man? You, you a clown ass nigga. What the fuck you doing into the... You was in there for three, four hours. Man, I heard you was at the such and such for three, four hours. What the fuck you doing in that? What you trying to do? You a dancer for real, nigga? You a boogie night nigga now? We clown them. You supposed to came back with something, dog? You tripping. We just passing on a generation of mentally dead to another level of mentally dead. And we are being praised for this activity. Until now, because we're waking up. We know that that activity is it's no good. So here, this is why we say, beloved, that to rebuild the original community in the wilderness of North America in the territory that we call the United States, you know what we say? You got to rebuild the family. You got to put the family unit back in place. Look how many years I spent out mentally dead. That if I had a father in the home from jump, it wouldn't even went that far. Right? Just think about it like that. Because you see, y'all didn't try everything else. See, the universe didn't fix it. Man, y'all niggas didn't try every religion you can. The more religious houses get in your neighborhood, the worse it gets. But don't you know, if you put the family back together, just the family unit, that will fix 90% of our problems. And we're going to really, really, really leave it there. Peace and black power to your family. Beloved, we thank you guys so much for listening. We thank you guys for hanging out. This is indeed Real Black Content Forum Podcast. Brother VJ to some. And uncle to others I'm going to get it with you guys later beloved peace thanks for listening remember to follow us on Instagram Twitter, YouTube, Google Anchor, Spotify and Facebook also don't forget to like, share and comment on the podcast Your opinion of what you just heard is important to the platform. So yes, beloved, your comments are the engine and fuel to the machine. Stay blessed and have a powerful day.